You're listening to Nightlight. Hi, and welcome to a special edition of Nightlight that I'm calling Peace in the Midst of the Corona Storm. Less than 48 hours ago, I sent out an invitation to folks on my Facebook, WhatsApp, and MailChimp list to send any positive and uplifting thoughts, testimonies, and inspirations relating to the coronavirus situation, and also to request any songs that you'd like me to play. Well, thanks to all of you who immediately responded and shared with me the content that I'm going to share with you on today's show. A number of you requested songs from the beautiful and very comforting Fear Not album, and we'll get the show rolling with the title track. I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not. I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I, the Lord thy God, will hold.
My goodness, what a blessing and a comfort that album, Fear Not, has been over the, gosh, must be 30 or more years since it was produced. And you'll hear some other tracks from it peppered throughout the show, as well as a variety of other old favourites that have been requested. With music to calm and soothe your soul, you're listening to Nightlight. Lockdown. Yes, there is fear. Yes, there is isolation. Yes, there is panic buying. Yes, there is sickness. Yes, there is even death. But they say that in Wuhan, after so many years of noise, you can hear the birds again. They say that after just a few weeks of quiet, the sky is no longer thick with fumes, but blue and gray and clear. They say that in the streets of Assisi, people are singing to each other across the empty squares, keeping their windows open so that those who are alone may hear the sounds of family around them. They say that a hotel in the west of Ireland is offering free meals and delivery to the housebound. Today, a young woman I know is busy spreading flyers with her number through the neighborhood so that the elders may have someone to call on. Today, churches, synagogues, mosques, and temples are preparing to welcome and shelter the homeless, the sick, the weary. All over the world, people are slowing down and reflecting. All over the world, people are looking at their neighbors in a new way. All over the world, People are waking up to a new reality, to how big we really are, to how little control we really have, to what really matters, to love. So we pray, and we remember that yes, there is fear, but there does not have to be hate. Yes, there is isolation, but there does not have to be loneliness. Yes, there is panic buying, but there does not have to be meanness. Yes, there is sickness, but there does not have to be disease of the soul. Yes, there is even death, but there can always be a rebirth of love. Wake to the choices you make as to how to live now. Today, breathe. Listen, behind the factory noises of your panic, the birds are singing again. The sky is clearing, spring is coming, and we are always encompassed by love. Open the windows of your soul, and though you may not be able to touch across the empty square, sing. And thanks so much to Lily in India, who sent that one to me just when I really needed help to see anything positive 
in this rapidly deteriorating situation. And it inspired me to invite you, our listeners, to send in any positive and uplifting thoughts, testimonies, inspirations relating to the coronavirus situation. And also to request any songs that you'd like me to play. Well, I have a lot to share from what you've shared with me. So from here on, I'm going to cut my chit-chat to the minimum and just read the inspirations and play the songs. And I pray they will be as much of a strength, blessing, comfort and inspiration to you as they have been to me.
And that song was suggested by Kathy Gare in New Zealand, which is where she lives now with Peter, her husband. She said, This morning when I woke up, Simon Rugley's song, I Will Not Fear, was playing through my mind. What a monument of a song that is. What a beauty for this time. I keep a running quotes file. Anything I read that really hits and speaks to me, I copy it there. This quote. My point here is that you can program yourself, and you damned well better, because the world is working on programming you all the time. And she says, it reminds me that it's vital we keep up our internal bulwarks on all fronts. Also, we must remember the context of where we are and where we are headed. All of our training has prepared us for that, for this time. We'd been in training. Now we race in earnest, looking unto Jesus. Every day, feed your faith, enjoy nature, love your blessings, however minute. Take care of your precious vessel and praise him with all your beautiful being. Lovingly, with prayers, Kathy. Feeling all right while listening to Nightlight. And now some thoughts from Jackie in the Middle East. Stop the world, I want to get off. We've started our first day of lockdown here. No one going to their workplace. Everyone stays home except to go to the grocery store. The military are monitoring roads between cities as everyone has to stay in their village or city. Everything just stopped. Why? What the heck is going on in this world? Now the good news. God, in his mercy, is stopping the world temporarily, especially, I think, for us who live for him, to be able to get a break, to stop and listen and reassess what's going on, to evaluate and pray about the future and what is coming and how we can be prepared. A kind of self-imposed stop-look-listen time to find our true north, Jesus, and reset our compass, priorities. I know that I'm so incredibly busy with the poor, the conflicts of war, refugees, running an NGO, assisting the needy, providing for the destitute, comforting the heartbroken. It's like I'm on a speeding train at breakneck speed, and it's all now come to a screeching halt in a matter of 24 hours. Why? I have time now to think about the why. Maybe the Lord's giving us time to think about where we're at on the end time clock. I really believe we're very close to the end. I live with a Muslim girl and she just told me that she had a dream where Jesus came to her and told her that he's coming back very soon. Even though by law I'm not allowed to witness here, Jesus is here witnessing for me. I have time now to pray about future current events, which I believe we're now only seeing the beginning. Like Matthew says, see that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. All these are the beginning of sorrows. It's the beginning of sorrows for the world, but not for us, 
because the Lord will be anointing, helping, and providing for us. We'll also be busy ministering. We'll be living a life of miracles if we're close to Him. So, what should I do now before other major events start occurring? How can I be a blessing to people? How can I help them? How can I prepare? And how can I help the people around me to prepare? What does God want me to do? How can I be a witness for Him? Should I memorize more? Have more faith? Have more peace of mind? Be more filled with the Spirit? A huge yes to all of the above. I need a lot more of Jesus to be prepared for the future. And before this momentary break in time ends and things get going at breakneck speed again, he's given me peace in the eye of a corona hurricane to tank up, get prepared, get instructions, and prepare my spirit for the exciting work and future events that lie ahead.
Even the night can be bright when you switch on your nightlight. These are the days to remember, by Dr. Grant Scarborough. Emotions are everywhere at my house. Life is changing right in front of us. I have a child mourning the loss of soccer season, prom, friends, and school. I have another so excited to be out of school, she's not sure what to do. A friend of my daughter's friend is flying off to a national park in the West, and we have another friend who's filled up his car with gas and bunkered down. We bought some extra meat to freeze and cans to have around the house in case it got bad, then realized we'd spent all our money, so now we need to eat what we bought in case of an emergency. I even heard they started playing the old song on the radio again, It's the End of the World as We Know It. Well, if this is the end, then we'd better go out holding on to as much toilet paper as possible. Over the last week, I've checked every news source a thousand times. There's a case here, one over there, CDC, WHO, and the president have all spoken and given advice. For the sake of our physical health, we do not meet in groups larger than 10, only pick up food to go, socially distance ourselves from others, and the list goes on. I've even read a few articles about how to survive in isolation, binge-watch a few shows, pull out Monopoly to play with the family, and sing opera out of your window. But what about our own soul care? Yesterday I was reading in First Peter and came across a verse that started like this, The end of all things is at hand. Huh? I was intrigued. I don't think this is the end of the world, but in the midst of this viral outbreak, I felt this might be significant. I often like to read the words in a different translation called the message, and I think it is a good word to remember. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. Everything in the world is about to be wrapped up, so take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so all get in on it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything. Encores to the end of time. Oh, yes. Peter goes into bullet point mode. The end is at hand. Everything's about to be wrapped up, so pray, love each other, feed the hungry, be generous, help others, speak God's words. In doing these things, Peter says, God will be glorified. But the more I read the passage, my bullet points are lacking. There is a certain passion and urgency my bullet points missed. Let's try again. Pray, stay wide awake in prayer, love each other as if your life depended on it, feed the hungry, be quick about it, be generous and cheerful about it, 
and spread it around so all get in on it. Do you see Peter's passion in this? He says that the end is near, so love, pray, be kind to all, be all in. Do this today and do it for others. Go, be quick about it, and God will get the credit as the one mighty in everything. I met with a friend the other day who encouraged me. He said that in the midst of this crisis, it is a moment in time when Christ can shine. What can we do? What can we do? I think Peter had great advice, and I think as a doctor, I will pass it on to you. For your soul care, my prescription is to gather your family and pray. Love each other, serve, be generous, speak God's words, and help others in need, as if your life depended on it. Peter would want me to add this passion to my list. Through this, God will be glorified, and you will make a difference. And maybe, just maybe, once this crisis is diverted and normalcy has returned, maybe we will not forget what we've learned about praying, loving others, feeding the hungry, and speaking God's truth. Maybe this crisis is reminding us how to be Christian again. The chapter ends by encouraging us to entrust our souls to a faithful creator while doing good. May we trust and do good now and the next day and the next season so that we can glorify God and be truly human. Spoken unto you that in me might have peace. 
world you shall have tribulation But be of good cheer I have overcome Now something from Eddie and Mary. Eddie sent us this. It's called, For What It's Worth, Corona Contained. After a short nap, I had the following vision. I saw a divine hand grab the coronavirus put it into a metal cylinder, close it, and seal it tight. I heard the following words, it is contained. I had a feeling of total peace. I don't know if I had this vision just for myself, for the whole world, or part of the world. It was reassuring that it happened after a prayer for protection before the nap. I feel all right when I'm listening to Nightlight. You're tuned in to Nightlight. My name is Militin. I'm also called Lucas, a Croatian living in Budapest, Hungary. And I've just read your Facebook notice about your Nightlight radio program, so I thought I could contribute a thought or two. The other day, I met my son and his girlfriend. Daniel was very sweet when he told me that he really wanted to witness to her, but didn't know how. Long story short, she had an issue with her parents because of coronavirus. Fear came into their midst. I felt a nudge from the Lord to witness to her. I obeyed the check and she got saved. Praise the Lord. Our job as Christians is to use every opportunity to bring people to the Lord. And this situation with coronavirus isn't any different. Coronavirus is like a sheepdog, the devil, that brings sheep back to the Lord, our shepherd. And the devil is again shooting himself in the foot. The devil is very predictable, and that's one of his main weaknesses. He can't win. He can only slow us down. But enough of him. We're not supposed to fear. Yet we do. It's important to realize, I think, that we've been given this life as a gift. We didn't deserve it, and we can't keep it. If it's my time to go, Lord, then it's my time to go. But nothing and nobody will make me go unless it's the Lord's time. Of course, I've got to do my part and wash hands, etc., etc. But I can't do more than I can. And then I've got to trust the Lord. Bringing you peace in the midst of the storm. You're listening to Nightlight. My name is Romano, and I'm based in Port Elizabeth, South Africa. Most of my supporters and funds are coming from North Italy, where the COVID-19 is killing many people. One of my best friends and supporter, Vladimiro, who came here to help us in South Africa and Lesotho, and he raised funds to build some of the preschools in Lesotho, came down with COVID-19 and was very sick. He is Italian. A few days ago, he felt sick with high fever. He was admitted at the IC in the hospital of Ravenna, North Italy, where he lives. We and a group of Christians here in Port Elizabeth, South Africa, started to pray for him. The following day, he was moved to a normal ward in the hospital, 
and he's doing much better and he's on his way to recover. Robbie, another friend in Italy who came to help us here in South Africa, he sent me yesterday a WhatsApp saying that his wife, Nivis, was sick. I told him not to be fearful, that we were going to pray for her right away. We got together in the home and prayed for Nivis. Today he told me that she doesn't have fever anymore and that he felt we were close to him and he also felt very close to us. Even the night can be bright when you switch on your nightlight. Next, we have something from Uday Kumar in India. Uday has visited us a couple of times on mission trips here in Uganda. Thanks for your thoughts, Uday. He says, I was thinking about how drastically the situation in the world has changed in just a few weeks. A short while ago, things in the world seemed relatively stable and going smoothly. I've always been an ardent believer in end-time prophecy and its imminence, seeing that so many prophecies have been fulfilled in our generation. But the sudden manner in which the COVID-19 situation burst upon the world scene took me by surprise. 1 Thessalonians 5.3 ESV version says, While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them, as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. People today have been promised the glitter and prosperity of globalization, but inequality has only deepened worldwide, and the gap between the rich and the poor wider than ever before. And now, people have had the rug pulled under their feet so suddenly as the whole system seems to have collapsed in just a matter of weeks. This just shows that the only hope for long-term peace and stability is the coming of the kingdom of God on earth. Hope it comes soon. Inspiring you to draw closer to God. You're listening to Nightlight. Well, the next song was actually emailed to me by a listener called Paul, and I'm very thankful because it's one that I didn't have in my song library. It's called Sweet Relief. And Paul says, I love to have this song running in my head when facing some troubles. It always helps me to recover. Sweet relief is on its way. 
you hear he's willing to please us Never fear his feelings for you are tender and mild Just like a mama with a little baby child And he will hold you in his arms Just like I told you don't be wrong Nothing can harm a child of God You are protected by his mighty right Sweet Well, now we have a contribution from Steve Gilb. Steve has been on the show two or three times before. He lives in Houston, Texas. He was born blind, but that hasn't stopped him from being an accomplished songwriter, guitar player, and also a motivational and inspirational writer. Steve says, I just read the email about the show you're preparing for this weekend and decided to record an audio of an article I wrote. The topic is the coronavirus, and the title is The Best Vaccine of All. With everything we see and hear on the news about the rapid spread of the coronavirus, it's natural to feel concern for the health and well-being of our loved ones and of ourselves. I think all of us are dealing with different levels of concern during this time. Besides the general sentiment we all share of not wishing to come down with the virus, there are those residing in the most affected areas who are dealing with either the sickness itself or its repercussions, such as the cancellation of travel plans, changes or disruptions to their work lives, etc. Then there are those of us in areas where the pandemic is not as widespread who live with concerns about how we will be affected in the future. I have certainly been dealing with my share of concern over this whole thing, especially after recently hearing about a few cases that have been detected near where I live. Besides being concerned for my health, as well as that of my family and loved ones, I've been heard to wonder what repercussions I'll end up experiencing. Will my life be disrupted in any way? If so, to what degree? And on and on it goes. Though these are all perfectly natural, understandable concerns, they can easily grow into full-blown fear if I allow them to. Without question, it's crucial that we all do our part to stay healthy. It's important for us all to adhere to the rules of cleanliness and hygiene God has put in place for us to live by, as well as the guidelines put out by local and international authorities. Even things like flu shots and vaccines can be helpful for those who are so inclined. 
Sure, there are those who prefer not to take that route because it affects them adversely. Regardless of whether we use physical vaccines or not, this is what it all comes down to. God's word is the best vaccine of all. I think fear and panic over the coronavirus are even more widespread than the disease itself. This is where the need for increased faith comes into play. How do we increase our faith? Romans 10:17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Keeping up with the news is important, as it helps us to stay informed about what's going on around us, and to know how to best react to it from a practical standpoint. But it's also important that we fill ourselves with daily healthy doses of God's word, which is the best antidote to the rampant fear and panic around us. None of us are above feeling fearful sometimes, but the Bible clearly states that the spirit of fear does not come from God. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7 This is just one of numerous promises in God's word, telling us not to fear or be afraid. The 91st Psalm is full of promises of God's protection from all manner of harm, including sickness. Verse 3 says, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, and from the perilous pestilence. Verses 5 and 6 say, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Verse 10 says, No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. There are abundant promises in the Bible about God's ability to shield and protect us from sickness and to heal us when we do get sick. With his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53, 5 Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Psalm 103, 3 Finally, I find it very comforting to remind myself that because I belong to Jesus, even death itself is nothing to be afraid of. Granted, I want to stay around as long as I can and fulfill the mission God gave me here on earth. But the fact remains that the best part of knowing Jesus is the knowledge that when I leave this life, I'll go straight into his loving arms. As Paul says in Romans 14:8, For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. These reminders daily help me to effectively combat fear and worry. I hope and pray they help you as well. If you need a vaccine for fear, you can encourage yourself in the Lord like David did. See 1 Samuel 36 and hang on to his word, which is no doubt the best vaccine of all. Israel.
as we're coming to the last part of this show, I realize that I only have time to share ooh, just over half of the content that you all sent me. So we're definitely going to do a part two, maybe even a part three and four, depending on how long this crisis continues. So please do continue to send either your own thoughts and testimonies or the writings of others that are seeking to uplift and encourage others through these dark times. Well, I'm going to close this show with some thoughts and observations from Josh in Kobe, Japan. He recorded his report, and this is something you could also do if that's easier for you than writing it down. It's never completely dark when you're listening to Nightlight. One thing that it's done for us here is we have a uh, sort of a chat line group, prayer group, a Bible study group. We do get together physically as well, but uh, we have regular communication online. And what it's done is it's made a great increase on our communications with each other. People have been asking for prayer and receiving prayer uh, for different things. And so this is definitely, I'd say, a positive outcome. And we all see it that, uh, you know, crisis drives us to the man who can handle crises. And uh, it's really brought us a lot together in praying for each other. Yeah, that's been good. Uh, Another effect that it's had on other friends and my neighbors as well is it's caused us because people are, again, going back to the cultural point, people are more apt to follow guidelines here in Japan. So immediately people stopped congregating so much. People stopped going out of their houses as much as possible. The government advised as much as possible people to work from home. And you could see almost immediately, fewer people were out on the roads, fewer people were taking trains, uh, a lot of cancellations were happening. And this has been going on again since March 5th. And uh, today it's March 21st here in Japan. So for that time period, it's everybody's been going slower. And the positive side is people are taking more time. People have more time. Uh, we're spending more time with our friends online. We're spending more time with our neighbors. Distance, you know, what they call social distancing isn't so much a problem here in Japan because uh, everybody, you know, it's sort of uh, etiquette to, you know, give everybody a little space although it's such a crowded country. (laughs) When you get on the train, it might be a little different. But, you know, in general society, it's already somewhat like that. So that hasn't been so much a problem. So those are some of the positives. One that I can see of our neighbors, uh, some of our neighbors in the area is their kids are home from school, so they're spending more time with their kids. So that's another positive. And now I'd I'd like to talk for a second about a friend of mine that uh, made the comment that well, at least, thank God, that, uh, you know, people are becoming a little more aware of their high, hygienic, I guess, hygienic awareness. I don't know if that's a term. When he mentioned that, it made me kind of step back and watch and think about that point. And also because Japan being one of the frontline countries to go into this lockdown mode, which, again, is everyone did it themselves rather than the government giving strict law enforcement. There have been no 
police checkpoints. There, there has, to this point, been no curfews. People just stopped going to nightclubs, and people stopped going to restaurants and cinemas and things like that for their own protection and also, you know, for the society in general. So that's been a positive. But I've been able to watch and see how it's affecting the world. And it's been interesting to me to see that the virus of fear has far outpaced the coronavirus, in a sense, if you know what I mean. To see the fear factor, the wave of the fear factor was already weeks in advance. And most of the, honestly, most of the fear media that we've heard is from the Western countries. It's not from Japan itself. You know, most of the fears that have come from a lot of people has been coming from outside media sources. And that's not really healthy. So as I've been watching this take place, it's made me think a couple of things. One is that a friend of mine did mention how, thankfully, everyone become a little more aware of their, their hygiene, personal hygiene, and washing your hands regularly when you go out and being aware of cleaning, you know, spacing, and which is a, just a good thing to do in general, I think most of us would agree. The other was it made us stop and really think, how's our pantry? If we couldn't go shopping for a week or two, are, are we good enough? And it's made us kind of reconsider, maybe we could stock up on a few more unperishable type items for anything that happens, you know. Uh, this is one thing that Japan has learned over the years through the earthquakes and the tsunamis and all the things that have happened here is uh, a little more preparedness. So that's a positive. And then I was thinking, watching how fear is striking the world. And right now, uh, I have quite a few relatives. I'm from the USA, and I have quite a few relatives there. And talking with them, uh, chatting with them, I can feel the anxiety. And of course, I'm very concerned for them and try to encourage them that it's going to be okay. You know, so far here, it's really been much less dramatic than even the regular flu. And it looks like it's already starting to die down, I'm sure, as you know, in China. And, Japan, it's, it's the growth, the spreading rate has gone down to almost nothing now. So everyone expects that it'll probably be over shortly. But here's what I'm thinking, Simon. Um, you know, you often do this on your radio show about uh, end time updates and current events and that type of thing. And it is, of course, interesting to see how rapidly the world has heard the news and reacted to the news and of course there's the whole side of how this could be used negatively against the world population and i'm sure others have talked about that on the show or i'm sure it will be discussed but looking at it from a positive point of view i thought to myself well you know the uh the coming events that we are expecting, as Jesus told us in the book of Matthew 24, you know, he, he said that it would be worse than imaginable, worse than possibly has ever happened on earth. And that's a pretty scary thought, even though we know the Lord for many years and we know he's taking care of us through thick and thin. But um, one, thought, one thought that came to me was, 
is the Lord, in a sense, not saying the Lord is, you know, responsible for the virus, but is the Lord trying to give everyone opportunity in advance to prepare for things like this? Because as we know, um, things like this will be coming. And uh, the Lord reminded me of a verse, I, I looked it up, it's out of Ezekiel, where he says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. So this is a powerful statement uh, to me. So God is not waiting to destroy the world so he can come back and reign like the King of Kings and Lords of, Lord of Lords, he's, which he certainly is. But it's that passion and the, the loving mercy that I can see through this event that maybe it's, a, it's some of God's mercy to really prepare the world to be in more of a frame of mind to, to be ready for any eventuality that, as we know, will be coming. And thanks so much, Josh, for that update from Japan. Okay, well, that's it for this show, and we'll save the rest for a part two coming soon. I'll sign out now and leave you with Jerry Palladino. Looking forward to what we're all so much looking forward to when love will reign one day. Bye-bye.
evidence is strong that the world has gone astray but love will reign one day they say don't be naive oh they say just open up your eyes but I choose to believe what all the prophets say Stay.